because really IP is about managing competition. It's about knowing what you can stop competitors doing when you're successful. Hello and welcome to the Brandtune podcast, which discusses all things brand related, including the essential trademark and IP dimension. I'm your host, Shireen Smith, IP lawyer, brand manager, and author of Brandtuned, the new rules of branding, strategy, and intellectual property. In this episode, Alison Jones, my publisher from Practical Inspiration Publishing, interviews me about the brand tuned book, why I wrote it, what I learned about myself in the process, how it's changed me, what's next, and more. I wanted to ask you a few questions about, about the process. Uh, I always think it's fascinating to hear the author talk about what they found out along the way. So we'll start with why, as Simon Sinek would have said, why did you choose to write this book? Well, I wanted to write a book on branding because uh, having written two books on intellectual property and studied branding quite a lot, you know, read books, I realized that intellectual property is an absolutely essential discipline that is as important as marketing and design when you're creating a brand. And what was happening on the ground was that many branding agencies, designers that I was coming across were tending not to work with lawyers when they created brands. And, you know, they had very variable levels of knowledge about IP, often not enough, actually, generally, to make really sound decisions as to names and other identifiers. So, you know, I thought if I could write a book about branding to explain exactly how IP fits into the brand creation process, then business owners, designers, marketers would be more enlightened about this. And actually an interesting um point that emerged, which I hadn't actually been aware of when I set out to write the book, was that designers and marketers receive absolutely no training in intellectual property whatsoever, which I just find really, really surprising, given how important IP is in brand creation. You don't know what you don't know. No, exactly. And I'm guessing that you're, well, I know that I hope that this book will save a lot of small business owners, particularly from some very expensive mistakes. Yes, I wrote the book primarily so that business owners could avoid some of the serious mistakes that can happen. You know, the name is one aspect of a choice that businesses make during branding, but it's not always obvious exactly what issues arise around names. So people realize that it's an important decision, but not exactly why it's important and how intellectual property impacts that decision. 
So, for example, it's not always the case that if you've chosen the wrong name, there's going to be a disaster and you're going to need to rebrand. There are many subtle ways in which the wrong name, for example, a name that's slightly generic or altogether generic, can really seriously impact the bottom line of a business. And they may never be aware that it's actually the reason why they have less success. So, you know, that's why I wanted to write this book so that people could understand the nuances involved. So, for example, a company like Oatly recently had problems when they tried to stop a competitor using the name Pure Oatly. Now, there was a high court decision that actually decided this was not an infringement. And the reason it wasn't an infringement is that it just missed out the L. So um, OT is a generic term. You can't monopolize generic terms under trademark law. So pure OT is in no way infringing the rights of Oatly. And people were outraged even that Oatly was taking issue with this Glebe Farm over the name. But on the other hand, if you have a name like Hellman's and a competitor comes along and uses a name like Pure Hellman's, there is absolutely no doubt that that is trademark infringement. So it's actually understanding brand protection that enables a business to make a sound choice of name and that's why you know missing out the ip dimension during branding can be you know can lead to less successful choices of brand elements and i think you're you're so right and it's i hadn't understood this until you and i started talking that uh, that people who set themselves up as branding experts have no background at all in you know why should they have a background in legal but it, what happens is everybody gets obsessed about the the details the color palette the font Yes, indeed. Actually, the most important issue is the brand name and considering the brand protection aspects of it is, is really key, as you know, I mentioned just now. Um, what Obviously, colours and fonts and all that matter too, but actually what tends to happen is that over... Um, overdue emphasis is placed on colour. So businesses often end up with a, a logo and then all the ways in which they're going to stand out uses colour as, as the essential differentiating visual. But the problem with that is that you can't own a colour you know, or it's very, very difficult to. It takes a number of years and really big advertising budgets. And even then, it may not be possible to own a colour. So this emphasis that um, the branding industry places on colour is quite misplaced. And I would say that you know, you need more identifiers than just a logo. So when you emerge from branding, you should have several, um, 
you know, signals, uh, ways of signifying that it's you, that it's your brand, so that consumers can identify you. So, for example, I've begun to use, you know, these circles that are around my book. I thought this is a good idea. I could use this as one of the identifiers. And, of course, I explain in my book this symbol how important it was to me to get a visual and also how difficult it was um, using the designers I did engage to actually end up with a symbol like that. So, yeah, I can't emphasize enough the importance of having several identifiers. It's the visual language that goes alongside it that people recognize instantly, isn't it? But it was just... Uh, replacement for having the distinctive name. Yes, that's right. Basically, you know, you need strong visual cues and symbols. You know, Apple has the Apple. Nike has the swoosh um, logo. It's just really important to have three to four identifiers so that uh, consumers who are often actually in system one mode when they're looking for products and services, they're not really focusing in great detail to see who stands for what and what's so-and-so's name. You know, they're just coasting along, if you like, and you want to have your brand identifiers stand out so that if they've noticed you in one context, they might recognize you again. And that's the role of branding, effectively, of having visual identifiers. Because really, IP is about managing competition. It's about knowing what you can stop competitors doing when you're successful and constructing your identifiers so they're barriers to entry and color can never function in that way so don't put too much emphasis on color obviously have a color by all means but don't rely on it absolutely you can't own green you yes. you talked about the fact that you learned during the course of the research for the book that in fact most branding people you know don't have any training in uh, intellectual property and so on is there anything yeah. else that you, you i mean i know there is because you talk about it in the epilogue but <laughs> tell us what else you learned during the process of doing this not just about the topic but also about yourself and about the process of writing I hadn't realized really how much I gravitate towards evidence-based um, research and findings because there's a lot of folklore and fluff really written about brands. Uh, you know, people talk about um, falling in love with brands and that just didn't ring true to my own experience of brands. I mean, the reason I buy from the same brands isn't because I love them. It's because it simplifies my life, makes it easier, saves me time. Given that I know a certain brand produces comfortable, flattering clothing, say, I'll go to that brand first when I want something new to buy. So, you know, I've read a lot of books and at the same time, I also attended courses and I was constantly trying to work out 
what do I actually think is true? What do I think uh, brand creation should be all about? And when I came across the Ehrenberg Bass Institute's findings that what lasts is distinctiveness and not differentiation, this was just really interesting to me because although I couldn't actually make sense of how do you create a brand if you don't differentiate, for a while I was grappling with that because it just didn't fit with how brands are generally created. Differentiation is such a big part of what everyone talks about. Um, But the distinctiveness bit, it's basically about looking like yourself. So essentially, At the end of the day, what lasts is that your name and your signifiers, like your brand identifiers, your logo, maybe a colour for those that have a colour or a piece of music or a distinctive font. These are what lasts in the sense that consumers remember them and associate your brand with them. So what we should be doing when we're branding is absolutely what intellectual property is all about, because all these identifiers that distinguish one brand from another are protectable. Well, colour is less protectable, but the thing is, as I've said, don't put emphasis on colour. And then Like that, you can ensure that the way that you stand out and are recognized is what customers remember and also that competitors can't copy and mimic your brand if you become very successful. That should be the focus of branding. So what I learned about myself is that I am actually much more drawn to evidence-based stuff than spiritual mumbo-jumbo that really didn't ring true. Which is interesting in itself because so much of branding is is portrayed as a dark art, isn't it? And, and mis- given mystique. Yes, yeah. And, and it's very uh, rare to find people giving real scientific evidence for what they're doing. Yes, it is actually quite rare to find people uh, talking about branding in a more scientific way, which is why... Um, Byron Sharp's How Brands Grow was just so refreshing to read. You know, I wanted to understand everything about branding because when I wrote my proposal for you, you know, I knew that I would be talking to people, interviewing people, and that I would be reading a lot of books. But because branding wasn't something that um, I had already explored, I wasn't altogether clear what the message in my book was going to be, you know, by the time I'd finished writing the book. So I didn't know where the book was going to go. It was a journey of discovery, if you like. And I'm still grappling with many questions around branding. For example, um, We're taking registrations of interest from entrepreneurs, designers, marketers, lawyers, and business consultants who want to join the upcoming Brandtuned Accelerator to learn how to create a distinctive brand using IP to stand out. My approach to branding 
is in line with the evidence-based research from the Ehrenberg Bass Institute into how brands grow, which highlighted the important role identifiers like the brand name, logo, symbols, etc. play in bringing brands to mind in consumers' memories. It's critically important to ensure the identifiers created for your brand are legally distinctive and protected in the right way so they prevent competitor copying. Do register your interest at brandtune.com accelerator. The link is in the show notes. You know, the visual cues and the name, these are the brand identifiers. They're really, really important to um, create because they represent the business. But on the other hand, you know, a brand is a huge subject. Your vision, values, mission, what you you stand for, it's, it's just vast, the amount that the brand impacts a business. It impacts, you know, the sort of employees you choose, the approach you have to customer service, how you want your employees to communicate with customers, you know, human resources. Every aspect of a business is touched by the brand. So it can be a big, complex subject. And I'm just wondering to what extent it's uh, made into a dark art for um, purposes that are not necessarily appropriate. For example, there's a lot of rebranding that goes on. And I, you know, I, I still need to understand things more, but I question the extent to which it's appropriate to change um, things like names and logos and symbols that represent you that are actually important intellectual property assets. Uh, You know, I feel that there's got to be really powerful reasons why you would scrap all that and all the brand equity that a business has built up in order to start again. I mean, yes, there are instances like a Ratner's type experience where you've got to rebrand and no longer be identified by your old name. I, I get that. But I just think there is too much rebranding that goes on in, in the name of um, the brand, you know, as people become more clear about what they stand for, then it's assumed that you therefore need to change your identifiers. And I'm not sure that, you know, the extent to which these identifiers need to change, even if you you take a new direction in the business. So essentially, I think I, I might have um, gone on and on on this journey of discovery, which I'm actually still on now. Actually, that point you make about the brand representing the company internally as well as externally, yeah. I thought that was a terrific point that and I don't think I had fully appreciated before, that you, when you get your brand right, it, yeah. it's part of your culture, it's part of your identity as you, as you and your team know yeah. how they should respond and, and know who they are, which is really powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. It impacts 
everything that you do in a business and how you lead it, how you manage it, and you know what you might emphasize in your communications. As I just mentioned, you know, there's a lot more work I feel that I need to do. And essentially it's all around this issue of the extent to which it's appropriate to change a brand's identifiers. These should be fixtures in my view. And I think in the branding industry at the moment, they're rather regarded like a change of clothes. You know, you just have a little brand refresh. And and yet, um, from Byron Sharp's research, it's obvious that these cues um, are what customers recognize. You know, your distinctiveness is how people remember you. They're in system one mode. They're not going to focus on the fact that, oh, you now have a new logo, a new name, you know. So you effectively could be destroying a lot of value, I think, in rebranding. And I probably, uh, you know, will write another book. I'm not sure. But, you know, I was getting up as it was at five in the morning to write the book before the day began because I had a strict uh, timetable with you that I wanted to meet. Um, it's possible if I'd taken a year longer, I would have written a more profound book. But I think really ultimately one has to get on and finish things and there can always be a book number two. It doesn't have to be the last word in it, yeah. It doesn't but have I think, to be perfect. <laughs> I think what you said about the journey and that curiosity and that sense of discovery um, I I suspect that part of the reason that you did it so diligently and you didn't flag and you got it completed was because actually that self-development, that sort of understanding and mastery of the topic is hugely rewarding in itself, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely fantastic. There was so much I needed to learn in order to write this book. And I love learning and understanding, you know, business, brand, marketing, the whole works. I wasn't sure, as I said, when I set out to write the book, exactly what it would be like by the time it was finished. So I'm not sure for people such as yourself, when you set out to write a book, do you have a clear idea of what you're going to write um you know do you know what what it's going to be like personally no I think you have a fairly clear idea and you have lots of expertise otherwise you probably shouldn't be starting to write the book on it but actually I think one of the best reasons for writing a book is exactly what you're saying there it's that sense of mastery it's going deeper it's understanding more the more nuance and and what I'd love to ask you actually Shireen is 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 how it's changed you so not just what you learned about yourself but you know what now how do you feel that you have changed as a person but but also professionally, and, and what, what next? What I'm now focusing on is to really understand the market needs so that I can decide what to introduce. Either it's going to be something for designers and marketers so that they can use IP as a commercial opportunity in their work, or it's going to be some sort of brand management service to help small businesses who want to create their brand so that they can understand 
the whole subject and make sure they choose the right sort of professionals to work in with. Um, so those are really some ideas I've got. I've gone on to train in brand management, marketing, and I'm really looking at design much more closely to understand exactly what goes into creating a visual identity, you know, what considerations there are. You know, I'm, I'm really broadening my expertise as a way of deepening it so that I've got more to offer than just uh, the perspective of an IP lawyer. And this means that I can provide much more holistic sort of advice, I guess, around branding. And actually, all this work has meant that I've understood IP better because I'm looking at it from the perspective of somebody who's creating a brand rather than from the perspective of just protecting a brand. And those conversations that you've had mean that you also understand other people's perspectives better, which is always helpful, isn't it, when you're trying to get work done in such a complex field? Yes, I hope to understand the market's needs uh, much better so as to know what sort of offering to develop. Um, For example, if somebody's aiming to create just a lifestyle business, they don't want to have any problems, but they're not uh, creating an enduring business, then the sort of approach they need would be quite different to somebody who hopes to be the next Google or Apple. And so the more I understand what people want and need around branding, the better placed I'm going to be to decide how I can best uh, serve a section of the market whether the brand will have a life beyond you. Yeah, that's right. And the only thing is sometimes people take off in a much bigger way than they had intended or known. So there's that to consider too. Planning for success is a a really helpful way to go about starting any venture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So as, as this goes out into the world, launch today, you know, people are getting it into their hands. What's your hope for it? What do you want this this book to achieve as you sort of release it into the world? Yeah, I hope that it will make change happen. I've had some fantastic support, especially from lawyers who do tend to like the book, but also actually surprisingly to me, because I hadn't expected it, from uh, designers and marketers. I hope that there is some way that I can work within the industry with designers and marketers, because I think I'd really enjoy working with them. It's a fantastic industry, really very friendly, very welcoming. I love it. I suspect that you might have created a new job role, um, that, you know, that whole kind of brand legal expert uh, discipline yes. that, that you mentioned. That, I mean, it just doesn't exist and, and no, exactly. it doesn't exist because people aren't aware of the need for it. So I think, you know, you may well have created a quite a, a shift in, in the branding landscape. Yeah, I think increasingly lawyers are having to ad- learn about the disciplines in which they're involved. So it's people don't just want a narrow legal perspective. Mm-hmm. They want somebody who understands if you're doing, say, IT, they want somebody who understands computer science, not just 
the legal aspect. And it's the same with branding, I think. You know, it would be helpful to have lawyers who understand brand management and marketing and not just focus purely on law. And that's actually a much more applicable thing as it goes across every sector. Yes. Fantastic. Well, I'm sure it will achieve that. I'm sure that it will help individuals. So individual business owners or people as they they set things up, I'm sure it will help lawyers as they help other, as they help those people. But I think you have put your finger on something that that is, I think this is one of the greatest gifts that authors can do for the world actually, is that they can identify something that you recognise once you're told it, but you hadn't seen it before. And it feels to me that you've, you've done that here, that you have identified a space that people didn't know they didn't know about and now that it's given shape and form and, and there's a book about it I, I think it will it will really grow and uh, and become a really important part and in 10 years time people will wonder how they ever coped without yeah. <laughs> yeah. wonderful well I wish you every success with it I hope it achieves you know exactly what you thank you very much thank you for all your help and well, it's been such a delight to publish and and I you know I've learned so much from it so thank you from from me as well thank you very much Alison Thank you for listening to this episode. What gets measured gets improved. So we've devised two scorecards for you. The Brand Tuned Quiz helps you find out whether your brand is the first choice for your ideal customers and what you can do to improve your score. The second quiz is for branding enthusiasts. Find out how you do in terms of your knowledge of branding, terminology, intellectual property, and trivia. The results of the scorecards will give you a starting point and show you where you're already strong and where you need to focus your attention. Head over to brandtune.com. The link is in the show notes.